السلام عليكم ورحمة الله نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة باللسان يفقه قولي اللهم اهدي قلبي وسدد لساني وسلل سخيمة قلبي آمين يا رب العالمين So we were studying Kitab Amal Fis Salat, the book of Amal in Salah, meaning movements during prayer. And inshallah today we will begin from Bab number 8, which is Bab Mashil Hasa Fis Salah. Mashil Hasa, Mash is to wipe or to brush. Like for example, you do Mash in your wudu, you wipe your head or your hair with your wet hands. Right? So that is Mash. So Mashil Hasa is to wipe off or to brush off pebbles when fissalah during prayer. Meaning, is it permissible to remove pebbles from before you while you are praying? So for example, you started salah, alright? And then what happened as you're going into your sujood, you see that there are pebbles right where you have to place your forehead. And generally, it is actually encouraged to put your head where you are. So even if there is mud, You know, you just do sajda on top of that. In a hadith, we learned that once it was raining so heavily, the Prophet ﷺ was praying salah, and the masjid was flooded, right? And he was praying salah, and there was mud on his forehead and on his nose. So he did not remove the mud. I mean, even if he tried, what could he do? Because the entire place was like that. But if there is something like sharp pebbles where you have to place your forehead... And you know that placing your forehead on those sharp pebbles is going to hurt you. You will not be able to pray easily. You will not be able to focus in your salah, in your sujood. Then can you remove them? Is that movement permissible? Let's find out. Hadith, حدثنا أبو نعيم حدثنا شيبان عن يحيى عن أبي سلمة قال حدثني معيقيب أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال في الرجل The Prophet ﷺ said about a man, يُسَوِّدْ تُرَابَ Who was smoothing out the earth, حَيْثُ يَسْجُدُ Where he was prostrating, meaning the ground that he was prostrating, the man was constantly smoothening it. قَالَ The Prophet ﷺ said to him, that إِن كُنْتَ فَاعِلًا فَوَاحِدَةً If you must do this, then only once. So this means that if for some reason you have to smoothen out the place where you have to do sajda, you can do it where necessary, but you do it only once. Not more than that. Not that every sajda that you're going into, you wipe the prayer mat to make sure that there's no bumps on it. Right? Some people have a habit of doing that. No, you don't do that. If you must do it to remove something harmful or something pokey, then you do it just once. Right? And this gives us a general guideline also that mubah action, mubah movements, the permissible movements in salah, while they may be permissible, they should be limited. They should be limited. Meaning do as much as is necessary and as much as is enough. Don't be excessive in making those movements. There's no need to do it. You know, just because it is permissible, it does not mean that you do it over and over again. Next, Bab, Bab, Basli Sawbi Fis Salati Lis Sujood. Basli Sawb. Bast is to spread out a thawb garment. So to spread out a garment, Fis Salah, during the Salah, Lis Sujood, 
for the sajda. Meaning you're coming down into prostration and you see that the ground is let's say pokey or there's too much grass or you know it's it's not comfortable. So you know that if you were to put your forehead on it, you would not be able to focus. So can you take let's say a little bit of your hijab, put it on the ground and then do sajda on that? Can you do that? Is that permissible? Let's find out. حدثنا مسدد حدثنا بشر حدثنا غالب عن بكر بن عبد الله عن أنس بن مالك رضي الله عنه قال كنا نصلي مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في شدة الحر So Anas bin Malik said that we used to perform the prayer with the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم in extreme heat meaning when it would be extremely hot And of course, if it's extremely hot, then what do you expect the ground to be? Very hot, right? And by the way, at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, people did not use prayer mats. Okay, Prayer mats is a later invention. Okay, It's not an innovation, Okay, but it's a, it's a later uh, invention, meaning people, people made them uh, for convenience and ease. All right? So the people used to pray salah, In extreme heat sometimes, فَإِذَا لَمْ يَسْتَطِعْ أَحَدُنَا Then when one of us was not able to, أَنْ يُمَكِّنَ وَجْهَهُ مِنَ الْأَرْضِ To firmly place his face on the earth, meaning his forehead and nose on the earth, he could not do it firmly. Why? Because of the very hot ground. بَسَطَ ثَوْبَهُ He would spread out his garment, فَسَجَدَ عَلَيْهِ And then he would prostrate on it. So what do we see here? That when the ground was extremely hot, the companions would put their garment in front of them, and then they would put their head on it. And of course that meant that if when they would sit up, that cloth would move from there. Right? So for every sajda, they would have to put their cloth in front of them. So this shows that this movement is permissible. But of course it would be wise to check from before if you need to put something on the ground or not. Sometimes you don't have anything. right? You only have your hijab. So in that case, of course, as you're doing sajda, you put your hijab or whatever you have in front of you. But then also remember that it should not be for every little thing. The sahaba would do this only when it was extremely hot. So this is permissible. Now, in this hadith we learned that sometimes the sahaba would pray when it was extremely hot. Now generally we learned that the Prophet ﷺ would instruct the people to delay the prayer until it was a little cool. And this is known as ibrad. Bard is to be cool. So ibrad is to delay until it is cool. So especially zuhur salat, the Prophet ﷺ would tell the people to delay a little bit until the ground was a little cool. But sometimes that's not an option. When it's hot throughout the day, you cannot miss your dhuhr prayer. So in that case, of course, sometimes they had to pray in that extreme heat also. Next, باب, باب ما يجوز من العمل في الصلاة What is permissible of movements during prayer? Meaning which movements are permissible during salah? حدثنا عبد الله بن مسلمة حدثنا مالك عن أبي النضر عن أبي سلمة عن عائشة رضي الله عنها قالت كنت أمد رجلي في قبلة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وهو يصلي عائشة رضي الله عنها said 
that I used to amuddu, I used to stretch out rigidly my feet or my legs fi qiblatin nabiy sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the qibla of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam wa huwa yusalli while he would be praying meaning qibla is what you are facing the direction that you're facing so aisha radhiyallahu anha would be sleeping or resting right the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam is praying and sometimes her legs or her feet would be right in the place where the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam had to do sajda so what would happen fa idha sajada then when he would come down into sajda ghamazani he would poke me or touch me and farafartuha so i would remove my legs from there i would move my feet from there fa idha qama and then when he would get up again madattuha i would stretch them out again What is this hadith telling us? It's telling us about the size of the Prophet sallallahu house. How small it was. That if the Prophet sallallahu is praying and his wife is sleeping, then they have to share the space. They have to share the space. How? The place of sajda is being shared. That when the Prophet sallallahu is standing, that place is occupied by Aisha radhiyallahu anha's feet why because there is no other place where she could put her feet and as the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam had to do sajda then Aisha radhiyallahu anha would close her legs or move her feet from there and he would do sajda so this hadith imam bukhari mentions over here because the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is using his hands to touch the feet of Aisha radhiyallahu anha to let her know that she had to remove her feet from there So this kind of movement is permissible. Right? And this hadith also tells us that if a man touches a woman, that does not break his wudu. Okay? Because these are scholarly opinions, but some schools of fiqh, this is what they are very firm about, that if a man was to touch a woman, for whatever reason, even if it's accidental, right? then that would break his wudu. But this hadith is telling us that the Prophet ﷺ during salah is touching the feet of his wife. During salah. So it is permissible to do that. And this kind of movement where you you know use your hand to let somebody know to move a little, then this is also permissible during salah. It does not break the prayer. And this also shows us that when the Prophet ﷺ prayed in the night, this is the tahajjud prayer, he would not have a lamp or some light on. Because it was dark, Aisha radiallahu anha, as she's lying down, she's not able to see when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa is coming down into sajda, even if she was awake. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa also, he would have to touch her feet to let her know to move them. So it shows that he prayed in the dark sometimes. And that is also okay. So you can pray tahajjud, in the night time, in a dark room, so that, uh, meaning you don't turn the lights on, so that other people do not get disturbed. Their sleep does not get disturbed. And we also see over here how Aisha anha and the Prophet ﷺ cooperated with each other. This is عَلَى الْبِرِّ وَالتَّقْوَى This is a form of cooperation. 
where Aisha radiallahu anha does not mind moving her legs a little bit so that the Prophet ﷺ can do sajda. And the Prophet ﷺ is not telling her, well, don't sleep here. Right? Don't sleep at all so that I can pray. He's not disturbing her sleep and she is also not disturbing his prayer. There's a little bit of compromise, right? So that both people can do their work. And this is essential in a marriage. You have to cooperate with one another and you have to give a little, take a little, help the other person do what they want. And sometimes that means that you have to give up a little bit of what you want. Next hadith, حدثنا محمود حدثنا شبابة حدثنا شعبة عن محمد بن زياد عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه صلى صلاة So Abu Hurairah reported that the Prophet ﷺ performed the prayer and later, meaning after the prayer, قال, he said that إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ عَرَضَ لِي That shaytan presented himself before me. Meaning he appeared in front of me. Shaytan appeared in front of me in his actual form. فَشَدَّ عَلَيَّ لِيَقْطَعَ الصَّلَاةَ عَلَيَّ and then he tried very hard to get me to break my salah. فَشَدَّ عَلَيَّ He was very hard on me. Why? لِيَقْطَعَ الصَّلَاةَ عَلَيَّ So that he would make me break my salah. فَأَمْكَنَنِ اللَّهُ مِنْهُ So Allah gave me power over him. Allah gave me power over shaitan. فَذَعَدْتُهُ So I choked him. وَلَقَدْ هَمَمْتُ And I intended, I wanted أَنْ أُوثِقَهُ إِلَى سَارِيَةٍ I wanted to tie him up to a pillar. Because the Prophet ﷺ was choking that shaitan. So he had full power over that shaitan. So he wanted to tie that shaitan up to a pillar. حَتَّى تُصْبِحُ فَتَنْظُرُ إِلَيْهِ so that people would wake up in the morning and see that shaitan. The Prophet ﷺ wanted to do that. فَذَكَرْتُ قَوْلَ سُلَيْمَانَ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ But he said that I remembered at that time the statement of Prophet Sulaiman ﷺ. Which statement? رَبِّ هَبْلِي مُلْكًا That, O oh my Lord, grant me a kingdom, a kingship, that لا ينبغي لأحد من بعدي. That is not possible for anyone after me. Sulaiman asked for such kingship, so much worldly power, that would not be possible for anyone after him. And remember that Sulaiman even had power over the shayateen, over the jinn. Correct? So the Prophet remembered this dua, and because of that, he did not capture that jinn and tie him up. Instead, he let that jinn go. فَرَدَّهُ اللَّهُ خَاسِيًا So Allah returned him, meaning that jinn khasiyan defeated. He came to harm the Prophet ﷺ and to disturb his salah. And that shaitan, what happened to him? He got overpowered and he went away defeated as a loser. ثُمَّ قَالَ النَّضْرُ بْنُ شُمَيْلٍ After narrating this hadith, النَّضْرُ بْنُ شُمَيْلٍ said, 
فَذَعَتُّهُ He's explaining the word فَذَعَتُّهُ He said that this is بِذَّال It is with the letter ذَال ذَعَتُّهُ And what does this word mean? He said أَيْ خَنَقْتُهُ و So خَنَقْتُهُ It means to choke So he's clarifying the word over here that ذَعَتُّهُ means خَنَقْتُهُ which means I choked him. And he said that this word is also, it could also be, وَفَدَعَتُّهُ It can also be, دَعَتُّهُ Okay? And the word دَعَتُّهُ, if we read this, فَدَعَتُّهُ as فَدَعَتُّهُ He said that it would be مِنْ قَوْلِ اللَّهِ From the statement of Allah يَوْمَ يُدَعُونَ He's giving an example that this word is the same as يَوْمَ يُدَعُونَ And what does يُدَعُونَ mean? أَيْ يُدْفَعُونَ They will be pushed and repelled. Alright? So basically he's saying that either this word is ذَعَتُهُ I choked him or it is da'atuhu, meaning I pushed him away. Wasawabu and what is correct? Fada'atuhu. He said that the correct according to him is that the word is da'atuhu, meaning illa annahu kada qala bitashdid al aini wata. Except that it is with the shadda of the ain and ta, meaning it is da'atuhu. So according to Nadr bin Shumail, the word is not ذَعَتُّهُ It is ذَعَتُّهُ So the Prophet ﷺ chased him away. Alright? Pushed him away. Shaytan tried to approach him in order to harm him. But the Prophet ﷺ pushed him. Meaning Shaytan was not able to harm him. Alright? It's like imagine if somebody is trying to approach you and trying to attack you. And you ward them off. Right? You push them away. So this is what the Prophet ﷺ was able to do over here. Now why is Imam Bukhari bringing this hadith over here uh, when we're talking about movements in salah? Because the Prophet ﷺ, in order to defend himself and in order to protect his prayer, what did he do? Da'atuhu. Either he pushed the shaitan away or or da'atuhu, meaning he choked him. Right? So in either case, whichever word we take, there is some movement which is not part of salah, but the Prophet ﷺ made that movement. Why? In order to protect himself and in order to protect his prayer. So this means that if there is any movement that you need to make in salah to protect your prayer, you can make that movement. Okay? Like for example, if you're standing in prayer and there is a child all right, running in front of you, or he's coming in front of you. Can you stop that child? Yes, you can. In fact, you should. If it's Salatul Jama'ah, then you don't need to worry about it. Because the Imam has a sutra in front of him. And the sutra of the Imam is sufficient for you. But if you're praying on your own, and a child is coming in front of you, you must stop that child. Don't allow children to come in front of you. Even babies, as they're crawling, don't allow them to come in front of you. All right? Move them gently, stop them gently, and sometimes a gentle movement is not enough. Right? When it's an adult, you kind of have to stop them. They don't get it, they, they try to force their way, 
you can actually push them. Because this is your space. And no one is allowed to invade your space. And if somebody doesn't respect that, you have to fight for your space. It doesn't mean that you injure them. But you know, don't start saying, oh, I cannot touch them. I shouldn't be touching them. No, you can stop them. And be forceful. Because we learned that once the Prophet ﷺ was praying, and an animal tried to come in front of him, and the Prophet ﷺ did not let that animal go. He stopped the animal. So if he stopped an animal, stopped an animal, then what about a human being? Regardless of their age. Right? Regardless of their age. So you have to protect your salah. And part of protecting your salah is that you don't allow other people to walk in front of you. Because this is also from shaitan, where shaitan tries to disturb you in your prayer. It's a big distraction. Right? So this kind of movement is definitely permissible. Likewise, if you're praying and you realize that you know you started your prayer in the wrong place, because there's too many people walking back and forth, and your purse is right next to you. So in your salah, you can pick up your purse and put it in front of you as a sutra. Okay? Or if there's a chair close to you, you can move that and put it in front of you as a sutra. Okay? And you should do that. This is all part of protecting your prayer. So from this hadith, we see that this kind of movement is permissible. But another important thing we learn over here is that shaitan tries to harm the musalli. The person who is praying, shaitan tries to harm him. And shaitan tries to disturb his prayer. Right? And if shaitan tried to do that to the Prophet wasallam, the most pious and righteous of all men, then what about the rest of mankind? They're even more vulnerable. Right? So sometimes shaitan comes and he just whispers. Hmm? Sometimes shaitan puts scary thoughts in the mind of the person. Sometimes shaitan will not come himself, but he will push you know, other people. Like for example, a child even. Hmm? Or adults even. There's so much space out there, but shaitan will you know, tell them to come in front of you. And sometimes as we see here, that shaitan literally appeared in front of the Prophet ﷺ in his form. In another hadith we learned that Iblis came with a flame of fire in front of the Prophet ﷺ to harm him. Now imagine if a jinn appears in front of a person while the person is praying. How frightening that scene would be. But this shows us how much shaitan hates the salah of the musalli. That sometimes he will do anything, even something like this, to make the musalli break the prayer. Hmm? And we see that sometimes shaitan will actually come in his actual form, in his original form, in front of people. To scare them, to frighten them, to disturb them. So remember that this is also a trick of shaitan. Okay? It's one of the tricks of shaitan to harm the children of Adam. And we learn that the kaid of shaitan is strong or weak. The kaid of shaitan is strong or weak. In the kaid of shaitan kana da'ifa. It's not strong. It's weak. 
no matter what shaitan does, he is weak after all. He is defeatable. Remember this. So what do we see? The Prophet ﷺ, what did he do over here? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him power against shaitan. So the Prophet ﷺ either choked that shaitan or pushed him away so shaitan was not successful in harming the Prophet ﷺ. In another hadith we learn that once the Prophet ﷺ was praying and the people behind him heard him say, أعوذ بالله منك The Prophet ﷺ said, أعوذ بالله منك I seek refuge in Allah against you. And then he said, أَلْعَنُكَ بِلَعْنَةِ اللَّهِ I curse you with the curse of Allah. أَلْعَنُكَ بِلَعْنَةِ اللَّهِ He said this three times during the salah. So then the people asked him later that why did you say that, O Prophet ﷺ, during salah? And he said that Iblis came with a flame of fire to put it in my face. So I said three times, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنْكَ And then I said three times, أَلْعَنُكَ بِلَعْنَةِ اللَّهِ In another version, أَلْعَنُكَ بِلَعْنَةِ اللَّهِ التَّامَّةِ I curse you with the complete curse of Allah. Hmm? So remember these words. What are these words? Write them down. أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنْكَ أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنْكَ Alright? And also, أَلْعَنُكَ بِلَعْنَةِ اللَّهِ التَّامَّةِ أَلْعَنُكَ بِلَعْنَةِ اللَّهِ التَّامَّةِ Okay? So if ever you find out that shaitan is disturbing a person, alright, where a person can see people, alright, or things, right, and others cannot see them, it happens sometimes. Like for example, a person will say, oh, who is this individual? Who is this man? Who is this tall man? Who is this scary looking person? Nobody else can see that person. Because that's not a human being over there. That's shaitan appearing in front of only one individual. So if shaitan appears like this in front of someone, what should they say? أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنْكَ and أَلْعَنُكَ بِلَعْنَةِ اللَّهِ التَّامَّةِ أَلْعَنُكَ بِلَعْنَةِ اللَّهِ التَّامَّةِ Right? So, these are the words through which you seek Allah's protection against the shaitan. Another important thing we see over here is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave power to the Prophet ﷺ against shaitan. How strong was the Prophet ﷺ that he managed to choke the shaitan? When can you choke a person? When you grab them from their neck? I mean, you, you've got to have some courage. That in whatever form that shaitan appeared, it must have been frightening. But imagine the Prophet ﷺ grabbing him by his neck and choking him. And he had so much power that he could actually tie him up to one of the pillars of the masjid. But he did not do that because he remembered the dua of Sulaiman salam. Why did Sulaiman salam make that dua? That Rabbi habli mulkan la li ahadim min ba'di. Why did he make that dua? Because he wanted to be an example of, you know, a perfect human king could be. That's the blessing that he wanted. 
And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave that to him. But look at the Prophet ﷺ's humility and regard for Sulaiman ﷺ. That Sulaiman ﷺ is no longer there. Alright? But the Prophet ﷺ had so much regard for the dua of Sulaiman ﷺ that he didn't want to do anything that would go against the wish of Sulaiman ﷺ. What happens to us? If we find out that we can, you know, do something to to you know ruin someone's wishes right or their dreams deprive them somehow we jump at the opportunity isn't it we we become so selfish it's as if we have no regard for other people's feelings look at how the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam had regard for sulaiman alaihi salam's feelings because sulaiman alaihi salam wanted this kind of control right over the jinn and over the creation allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave that to him and now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving some of that to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa at this moment. But the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa does not make use of that. Why? Because he knew what Sulaiman alayhi salam wanted. He had regard for Sulaiman alayhi salam's wishes. And if we know that somebody has something, a blessing, we get jealous of them. And we want their blessing just because they have it. Right? We ignore what we have, overlook what Allah has given us, and we get greedy for what other people have been given. And so we're always competing. Always competing. And sometimes we compete over such petty things. So and so has this kind of jewelry, I want the same kind of jewelry. So and so got that picture from that store, I want the same thing. Right? So and so got that hijab, I want that same hijab. We compete in these things. You know, there's no harm in wanting good things and enjoying them. No harm in that. But when we do it with that feeling of, you know, bursting other people's bubbles or, you know, bringing them down, if that's our goal, that's very low. Very low. So we see over here the regard that the Prophet ﷺ had for the feelings of other people. And here we see a beautiful example of that. Also we see here that the Prophet ﷺ in his salah is thinking about the dua of Sulaiman ﷺ. Is this part of salah? Are you allowed to think about other things during salah? I mean technically your mind and heart should be fully, entirely focused on salah. Correct? But here the Prophet ﷺ is thinking about the dua, the wish of Prophet Sulaiman. So this shows that it is permissible if it happens that you're praying and you know you start thinking about your research paper and you start thinking about your assignment and you start thinking about the essay that you have to write and then you're like, okay, I'm going to start with this and I'm going to mention that and I'm going to quote this and I'm going to look over here. I'm going to check that book. I'm going to check that chapter and I'm going to ask this person. So these kind of thoughts come to your mind. Okay, They don't break your salah, but they should not dominate your salah. It's very natural, these thoughts come to your mind. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're random, sometimes they're bad. If they're bad, they're from shaitan, you seek Allah's protection. Alright? And if they're good, okay, but then you have to move on to salah. Okay? Don't let those thoughts prevail over your salah. They should not dominate the prayer.